Notice the last part of that chapter in verse 22 of Colossians chapter 3. It says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. You know, most people today are, you know, and this is just a sad truth, they are very unhappy with their lives and many times specifically because of their occupation that they have. You know, a lot of times they'll blame their unhappiness for their occupation. You know, they'll talk about the bad compensation that they're getting in their jobs. I mean, you know, most of us probably, if we we're honest, think we deserve to get paid more than we're getting paid, don't we? You know, we're often, we're, we often have that attitude. You know, we complain about our lousy coworkers. Okay, we've all done that. Uh, you know, our boss who doesn't appreciate us. Uh, just, or ungrateful customers. You know, whatever line of work you're in, you've got something you could complain about if you wanted to. And, you know, the, but the Bible teaches us as Christians, whatever we do, and it specifically mentions this when it's talking about how we obey our bosses, okay? Or when it, our masters, according to the flesh, are the people that we work for, our employers. It tells us whatever we do, we're supposed to do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. And the title of my message today is, is it's time for a new boss. It's time for, it's time for a new boss. And you know what you need to do? Some of you need, you know, you're working the way you work every day. You work like, you know, it's, you know, Joe that's your boss. And you treat him like garbage because of all his faults and all his issues that he has. But you need to realize that in whatever you do, you're supposed to do it as to the Lord and not unto men. And what we need to do as Christians today, we need to start acting like our boss is Jesus Christ. Okay? I'm not talking about being idolatrous towards men. But when it comes to obeying your masters, when it comes to, uh, you know, whatever it is. Okay? We all have bosses. You say, well, I own my own company. I'm my own boss. Well, then your customer is your boss. Okay? Whoever's paying you is your boss. And you need to work for them the way that you would work for Jesus Christ. And I, I personally think if we would start doing this, a lot of things would change. And our attitude. You know, what would change if Jesus became the CEO of whatever company you worked for? I mean, because, you know, we all all love to complain about upper management and things sometimes. But, you know, you can't do it if Jesus is the boss. You can't do that. You know there's nothing to complain for there. But doesn't the Bible say that Jesus is Lord of Lords? Okay, And the Lord is just someone who's in authority. Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords. And, you know, if you're in the will of God right now, you need to ask, or if you're not in the will of God right now, you need to ask yourself why. You know, why am I not in the will of God? You know, and, and a lot of times we say we're not in the will of God because we're unhappy with where we're at. Maybe we're unhappy with our place of employment. Maybe you're unhappy with your church. Hopefully nobody here is unhappy with our church. All right? Hopefully you're all happy. But we have people to listen online. And I hear people all the time, they're complaining about their church and complaining about their pastor and all this, this kind of stuff. And it's like, wait, so are you in the will of God where you're at right now? Because if you're in the will of God where you're at right now, then guess what? You know, you're, that, that job you have, that boss you have, you know, that's who God has put in your life. And if you're not in the will of God, you know, maybe you need to change jobs. You know, if you're not in the will of God in that church, why are you still in that church? Maybe you need to go, well, there's no ch- good churches where I live. Well, then move. Do you really think God is going to have you, you know, in, in His will be somewhere where there's no good church? 
Do you really think God's going to have you in His will somewhere where you're working a bad job, where you're not being taken care of, where you're not able to provide for your family like you're supposed to? You know, most people today, it's like whenever they're saying they're not in the will of God, you know, they're, they'll look at that as like an opportunity to complain. But the truth is, if you're not in the will of God, there's something wrong with you. There is a will of God out there, and you've got to find out what it is. And the truth is, I'm afraid many times we are in the will of God, but we like to complain. And you know, I'm like anybody. I like to complain as much as anybody. You know, there's many days I come home from work, not this job, my other job, you know, and I just like to sing the blues to my wife, you know, just about just, uh, you know, all, all the problems that come there. But, you know, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, I love what Paul said here. He said, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You know, one of the reasons I think God's not improving many people's situations is they never learn how to be content where they're at. They've never been content in their job. They've always complained. You know, they're never content in their marriage. They're constantly, you know, getting new spouses and, you know, divorcing and remarrying. And they're just never content anywhere, no matter where they're at. But if you are in the will of God today, if you say, well, it is God's will for me to live, you know, in this town. I am living where God wants me to live. And then you need to realize, well, then if where you're, you know, if the job you have is the only job you can get, then that's the job where Jesus Christ wants you. And in reality, Jesus is the big boss. But here's the thing. Do you recognize him as the boss? Are you, at, are you working like he is the boss? Are you, are you living your life like he is the boss? And so, you know, if all, and just, and so think about this for a minute. If we all recognize Jesus as the head of our company, I think there's some things that we do now that we probably wouldn't do. And we see here in Colossians, it tells us very clearly, you know, we're not to be, you know, certain, your good servants as, you know, or with eye service as men pleasers. You know, we're supposed to do our work fearing God. Okay, we all work one way because we fear our boss. You know, there, we've all been there before where, you know, we, we know the boss isn't around, so we feel safe doing a sloppy job. But yet God was there the whole time. You know, he was watching through the whole thing. And the Bible says, in whatsoever ye do. Okay, so this definitely includes jobs, especially since he was just talking about that. When it comes to our occupation, wherever we're at in life, we need to do our work like we are working for the Lord and not for men. And so if we recognize Jesus as the head of our company, here's a few things I wonder if we would do. One, would we complain about our position? Okay, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. Now, we all like to do this. We like to complain about our position we have in our job. You know, I think I need to get promoted. You know, I think the boss should have promoted me over that other guy. You know, I think I would be, I would be better in this position. And we all love to run our mouths. But what if we realize that we have a perfect boss, Jesus Christ? What if we realize that He knows exactly where we need to be? He knows the, the very best place for us. Would we complain to Jesus about the position that He has put us in? Because, okay, you know, who put, really, who gets the credit for your, the position you're in? Is it your boss or is it Jesus Christ? Okay, the Bible teaches very clearly that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Okay, God turns, if God can turn the heart of a king, do you not think He can turn the heart of your boss? Whoever it is? There's no doubt that God is in control of these things. And if we would recognize that God is the one that's in control, I don't think we'd be complaining about our position as much. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, 
being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into, that, into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand or I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole uh, were hearing, where were the smelling? But now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. Now, I understand that this is talking about in the church. I get that. And you know what? We could talk, do a whole other message about how many people are just not content with their position in the church. But understand that God puts people where He wants them. God does it in the church. God does it in the government. And you know what? I believe God can do it in your job too. God puts people where He wants them. And you need to, what we need to do is we need to stop complaining about our boss and our lack of recognition, but we ought to do like Paul and learn whatever state we're in to be content. Wherever we're at, do a good job, understanding that God sees the work I'm doing. God sees the extra effort I'm putting in. My boss may not see it. My boss may never know it. But you know what? God does know it. And if God knows it, if God really thinks you deserve that position, you don't think God can't give it to you? You don't think God can lay it on your boss's heart to give you that promotion? You know, you don't think that God, whether, you know, depending on what area you're in, you don't think that God can direct the customers your way. I mean, God does that kind of thing all the time in much bigger areas. Why wouldn't he do it in those smaller things? You know what? Maybe he doesn't do it because we're always complaining about our position. Maybe God, you know what? God understands that, you know what? If you're not content where I put you now, you're not going to be content somewhere else. Some of us just have a contentment problem. There are some people, no matter what you do, no matter what happens, they will always complain. They will always have something to whine about. They'll always have something to be upset and depressed about. And you know what we've got to learn how to do is just be content wherever we're at. Wherever God puts us, say, you know what? I'm in the will of God. I'm going to do the best I can wherever I'm at. I think there's no better example of that than guys like Joseph, who even when he was in prison, he was a good prisoner. And you know what? He ended up getting put in charge of the prison. I mean, Joseph was a leader in the prison as a prisoner. Why? Because everything Joseph did, he did it the best he possibly could. And God blessed him. And God ended up putting him in charge of the whole kingdom. You know, we need to think about those things. And the next time when you're at your job and you're wanting to run your mouth and you're wanting to complain or you're just putting on a show in front of the boss... Understand that God sees that. God expects more from you as a Christian. And you know what? God may withhold that promotion from you. If you want to get a promotion, I would quit trying so hard to please my earthly boss and I would start trying to please my heavenly boss. Say, well, my, my, my earthly boss, he'll do whatever he can to stop me. Well, then you know what? God will get rid of him. Maybe God will give you a better job somewhere else. Who knows? We've just got to understand that, you know what? Right now, I'm in God's will. I'm where God wants me to be. I'm going to be the best I, I very, I, I'm going to do the best I can do. I'm going to be happy where I'm at. I'm going to learn how to be content. And you know, I love how Paul said, I have learned to be content. There's a lot of miserable people sitting around blaming their lack of contentment on everybody else. Blaming their lack of contentment on, you know, just the circumstances of life 
not understanding that the reason they are unhappy is because of them. You've got to learn how to be happy. Some people just don't know how to be happy. Some people don't know how to find joy in, in anything. And no matter what, those people will always be miserable. And if you're miserable today, it's, it's your fault. It's, it's not God's fault. We see in the Bible people who got, went through horrible situations and yet were happy. You got Paul and Silas that are singing in a prison after getting beat. Okay? How did that happen? Okay? They, cause Paul learned how to be content in whatever state he was in. Some of us have not mastered that. Some of us have not figured that out. And we wonder why God isn't ever going to give us that promotion. We wonder why things don't ever get better. God's waiting for you to learn contentment where you're at right now. And until then, just don't expect God to improve anything for you. God has you in the place where He wants you right now. And you know what? Maybe right. You say, well, I don't want to be in this place. Well, maybe God needs you in this place because He needs you to learn some things. So why don't you hurry up and learn those things? And I've been there before too. You know, I remember I've been at jobs before where I'm like, okay, Lord, if you're trying to teach me something, help me to hurry up and learn it quick because I want to get out of this. <laughs> you know, I want to move on to something else as soon as possible. And let me tell you something. Whenever I have prayed that prayer, you know, God usually doesn't move me. He usually helps me find happiness where I'm at. And he, and he might. Sometimes He does you know, move you. He'll give you another job or the promotion or, or whatever. But you know what? You've got to stop just demanding, you know, Lord, you've got to give me this or I won't be happy. No, what you need to do is say, Lord, help me be happy in this right now. That needs to be the attitude. And if we would learn to enjoy the place where God has put us, then I think we would get promoted. Psalm 37, 4, Delight thyself in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Okay, delight in him. You don't want to say, you know what? Okay, this position stinks. My job, my job stinks. You know, I work in a freezer. It's cold. You know, I have to work hard. I've got all the stuff I got to do that's absolutely no fun. It's monotonous. My job takes no brains. I've got all the smarts, and yet I have this job that takes no brains at all, and it just beats the snot out of me physically. But you know what? I'm going to find a way to. I'm going to find a way to enjoy it. I'm going to find a way to find contentment in that. I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to make it fun. And you know what? I mean, that's one thing, you know, the Lord has helped me with over the years is I've learned how to make some pretty miserable situations fun. And, uh, it's possible. You can do it and you can enjoy it and just delight it. So, you know, I'm in, I'm in the will of God. I'm going to enjoy myself with what I'm doing. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to enjoy pastoring this church. I'm going to enjoy my kids. I'm going to enjoy my wife. I'm going to have fun and nobody's going to make me feel guilty. And it's like we've got people today too. They've got this attitude, you know, especially for pastors. You know, it's like pastors, we're not supposed to, we're always supposed to be sitting around being holy and, you know, miserable and, you know, never have any fun. You know, I'm sorry. You know, I fully intend to enjoy my life. I fully intend to have fun. Uh, I intend to take vacations every now and then and enjoy my family. Me and my wife, we went away uh, for our anniversary a week late just this weekend and had a good time. And you know what? You can't make me feel bad about that. All right? I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to enjoy my marriage. I'm going to enjoy my family. And you know what? I'm going to enjoy pastoring this church. And sometimes too, and you've all seen how I do this. You know how I do it. But sometimes too, when I have to preach on things that aren't necessarily pleasant things, they're not necessarily pleasurable topics or popular subjects, I find a way to make it fun. All right? I, I, I actually, I find, you know, I've learned how to just enjoy getting myself in trouble. 
you know. And uh, you know, I, I, I take pleasure when I preach a message, and you know, and it, I put it online, and you get all the people, you know, coming after you with the neg- you know, negativity. Uh, I probably shouldn't, but you know what? I refuse to sit around and let it make me miserable. Okay. I laugh at it, alright? There's been people that have, you know, got onto my case, people that I probably should respect and look up to and admire, at least that's what I've been told by them. But instead, uh, you know, I laugh at, at their foolishness and their stupidity. And I, I enjoy the fact that it happened. And, and I don't think that's a bad attitude. I'm just gonna find a way to have fun. If Paul can sing in prison, you know, I can laugh in persecution, alright? And I, and I fully intend to keep on doing that. Uh, I would rather laugh than cry any day. You know, I'm amazed at just how big a crybabies are being today. You know, I saw this preacher the other day. He was like talking about how he's going to get 10 cities, you know, in the kingdom of God because he got persecuted because some guys make YouTube videos about him. I'm like, really? So you're going to get all these extra kingdoms in the kingdom of God because you suffered persecution via YouTube video. You know, I watched a video this morning of this one guy just being a big crybaby. They made these uh, baseball cards at the soul winning conference we were at that they gave out and they had some bad guys on there and this guy he made one of the bad guy cards and he's whining and crying and he's talking about persecution and all this stuff and I'm thinking boy I'd like to see what the Apostle Paul would do if you talked about your persecution to him it's like really they made a baseball card of you huh you ever been beaten by rods before you know have you ever been whipped oh they made a YouTube video about you hey have you ever been thrown in prison have you ever been stoned have you ever been? That's real persecution right there. These people think they're going to get rewarded cities because of stuff like that. That is just the wimpy little snowflake generation that we have today. Okay. And truth is, you know, it, it is we, we've got it so easy in this country. All right. You know, and I do. I joke about the persecution I get, but I'm joking. All right. It, it doesn't hurt. Okay. It and it doesn't even compare with what the apostles went through. And I, I pers- and it is, it's, it's sad to watch that. And, and it's funny at the same time. I, I, I could get mad or I could laugh at it. I choose to laugh at these people and I choose to make fun of them. It's just, uh, it's, it's my way of doing things. But we do, we've got to learn to enjoy the place God has put us. And if we enjoy that, God might just decide to promote us. And if we're not in God's will, okay, and this is these people too, that, you know, they're always complaining about their circumstances. You know, there's this, no way I can provide for my family. There's no good churches where I live. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, then that means you're not in the will of God. If you're not in God's will, then you're in rebellion. You might want to get that fixed. Okay? You might want to get that fixed if that's the case. And so then, so I personally believe if we would recognize Jesus as our boss, we wouldn't complain about our position as much. I also don't believe we would cry about our compensation. Okay? Look what it says in Colossians 3, verse 24. After it says, whatsoever you do, do it hardly as the Lord, not in a man, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Y'all see that right there? I don't serve just, you know, the Walmart distribution center. I don't just serve Liberty Baptist Church. I serve the Lord Christ. He is my boss. Okay? You all... I'd rather you not be my boss, all right? I don't want to say anything negative about you all, but you know, my boss, my boss is the other job. You know, yeah, they're there, but you know what? I got a hard time following them sometimes. You know, but you know what? I'll I'll do it. I I'll listen to what they tell me to do, no matter how stupid it is. You know why? Because 
a higher up boss, Jesus Christ, told me I should submit to them. So you know what? I don't have to listen to them. I'll listen to Jesus. Which means I have to listen to them. But you know what? I'm going to tell myself I'm listening to Jesus. You might want to try that with your boss. All right? You all know how it is sometimes. I know I'm smarter than you. I know I could run this place better than you. I know you're an idiot. But you know what? At the same time, God put them where they're at. God put you where you're at. And see, understand that, all right, I'm where God wants me to be. And you know what? It says right here, of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance. I'm not going to just get a paycheck from here or just get a paycheck from Walmart. The Lord is going to take care of me. The Lord is going to provide for me. I'm serving Him and He takes care of His servants. He's not going to let me start. Now, I might think I deserve to be a millionaire. You know, I might think that I deserve to make the big bucks, but you know what? The Lord, He knows what I deserve, okay? He knows what I actually need. He knows what will help me be a better servant and what will be a better pastor and everything. The Lord's going to take care of me, okay? And many people today, they do. They like to, you know, and I'm not saying you can ever ask for a raise. I'm not saying, you know, you, you can't try to earn more and to better yourself in that area. I'm not saying it's wrong to do that, but I am saying when you're just sitting around being miserable all the time because you're not being compensated well enough, you need to understand, well, hey, if you're working for the Lord, you need to take it up with Him. He's not. That, you're basically saying, Lord, you are not taking care of me. But maybe the reason that the Lord is not taking care of you is because He's not your boss. Maybe it's because... You know, your managers are your boss and you're treating them like garbage. You're not obeying them the way the Lord told you to. And therefore, God sees no reason to give you that promotion. God sees no reason to give you that raise. But the thing is, if we did, if we face to face saw Jesus at where we work on a regular basis, do you think we'd be complaining to him? Yet he's with us in spirit, isn't he? Yet even though he's invisible... He is over us. He is there. He is present with us. And yet we still complain all the time. And you know what that means? It means we just don't have faith. If we're going to obey Him, if we say we will obey Him, if we could see Him, aren't we just being like Thomas who said he wasn't going to believe until he saw Him? God says, blessed are they those who have not seen and yet believe. We could actually please Him more by obeying Him by faith. Even though we can't see Him. You know what? I can't see Jesus, but I know He's here at my job. I can't see Him. I, I can't see the physical evidence, but I know He's running things in the background. I know that He's in control of my situation and He could help me out. But we ought to be content with our wages. In Luke chapter 3, we're not going to take time to turn there. But remember when those soldiers came to Jesus and they're asking, hey, you know, what should we do? And one of the things He told them, He said, you know, be content with your wages. That's one of the things he mentioned. Many people do. We just we get greedy. And look at go turn over to First Timothy chapter six. First Timothy chapter six. See, see, our problem is because while most of us, you know, I won't make you raise your hand, but you know, how many of us have complained about our compensation in the last six months or a year? Okay, all right. Most of us probably have, but yet, how many of us have been starving? In the last six months. Now, I felt like I was starving when I got off work on Friday. And we were going to go out to eat somewhere really nice. And it was like you know, almost two hours away. And the way that we drove, I thought I was going to starve to death. All right, that's how I felt. But I wasn't, I wasn't even close. All right? I was just hungry. And I was just really anxious to get to that restaurant we were going to. But the truth is, if, we're not, if we haven't been starving, the Bible says having food and raiment with, therewith, let us be content. 
Alright? I've had food and I've had clothing every day for the last year. Really, my whole life. So, what do I really have to complain about? Okay? If I'm complaining, the problem is greed. Okay? And look what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. It says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And if I may just kind of hit a side note here. I, I'm, I'm, this is gospel truth. All right? When I first started working at the Walmart Distribution Center in Spring Valley, I worked in shipping. And I, I just loaded trucks. It was all I did. One case at a time, they came down the conveyor. It was very physical too. It was very monotonous. I didn't like the job. Okay, Not fun. And I remember... I would do that all the time. And I remember, I remember just being in that trailer complaining about my job to the Lord. Like, this job stinks. I'd rather be doing something else. And I remember one of the things that would always come down on that conveyor belt was gain detergent. And every time gain detergent would come down, I would think about that verse, Godness with contentment is great gain. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I, would, I mean, every day I would see that gain and I would think about that verse. And it kind of helped me. And to this day... When I see gain laundry detergent, I think of that verse, Godliness with contentment is great gain. I, I, I really do. Every time. And it was like the Lord was just constantly sending me those reminders down the conveyor belt. You know, hey, be content with this job, alright? It's paying the bills. It's taking care of you. And, uh, and, so every, and every time I read that verse, I think of gain laundry detergent. I don't even know if we use that or not. But do we use that? I, I wouldn't know. I never do the laundry. But anyway, and you should be content with that. But anyway, uh, so verse 8. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Greed is what causes the temptation for us to be honest. Y'all see that that love of money, it's the root of all evil. It's what causes us to go off into all kinds of other sins. It's what often causes us to get out of the will of God. And many people today, they are, they're getting out of the will of God just pursuing the extra dollar. Well, I want to maybe, I want to make that extra dollar an hour. I want to make that extra few thousand dollars a year, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with trying to make some extra money. But here's the thing. Why do you need that? You know, is it just because you think that will bring you satisfaction? Why aren't you content right now? Do you have food and raiment right now? The Bible says with that, be content. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Are you living a godly life? Alright, if, if you are, then you know what? Why can't you just enjoy where you're at right now? Why can't you enjoy the job that you have right now? Why can't you start, you know, treating your, or just treating Jesus Christ like He's the boss? And just trusting Him and saying, Lord, you're gonna take care of me. And Lord, if you want me somewhere else, you'll give me that opportunity. If you want me making more, you can give me that raise. But unfortunately, we don't think that way. So what do we do? We sit around getting miserable, complaining about our position, and crying about our compensation. And as a result, we start thinking, you know what? The Lord's not treating me fair. And we start breaking the rules to try to get a little extra money. And what happens? That love of money, it causes us to get ourselves involved in many sorrows. We get drowned in many foolish and hurtful lusts. And if we would just, if we would just recognize the fact that Jesus Christ, He is my boss. He knows everything I'm doing. He is going to take care of me. He is going to give me the reward that I deserve for the work that I do. And He's not going to let me starve. 
If I really do deserve that bass boat that I want, you know, he'll make a way. He'll give me the bonus that I need. All right. But unfortunately, you know, you know, and we need the bass boat. I mean, you know, what if the grid goes down? I need to get out there so I can go catch some fish for my family. Right. You know, but I guess until then, I really don't need it. You know, but, you know, we, we do. We come up with all these excuses, you know, and what makes our thinking go that way? It's just greed. You know, it, it's that it's that love of money. And we we need to watch out for that. So if Jesus was our boss, would we perform at the same level we're currently performing at? You know, would you come to work with the same attitude that you have right now? You know, would you, you know, would you work a little harder than you're working right now? You know, we need to turn over to Second Corinthians chapter five. Remember, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Well, the CEO of my company, he's a dirtbag. You know, he's this, he's that. You know, if I, if I take a little extra from him, you know, who cares? He's rich, he's loaded, blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we do. We come up with all this justification. But we're supposed to do these things as to the Lord. And, and one thing we need to understand is that we, we represent Christ's company, don't we? You know, it's real easy for me, I, you know, I don't care about how, how I represent Walmart or you don't care how you represent wherever it is you work. You know, you ought to care about that. You ought to care, and I'm sure all your bosses, they want you to care about how you represent the company. You don't want to give that company that you work for a bad name. That hurts your boss. Okay? If I'm going out and around and I'm just bashing Walmart to everybody, well then that, that's going to hurt the store, isn't it? That's going, to, that's going to hurt the company. The company that gave me a job. The company that's giving me my paycheck, and I'm just going to go out there and run my mouth about them, and you know, try try to make them look bad. Why would I do that? That's a pretty sorry attitude. Well, we need to understand that if Jesus Christ is our boss, and He is, that you know, then well, that company I'm working for is actually His company. I don't want to make it look bad either. Just like as Christians, we represent Him. Here on this earth, all right. Ultimately, God's company, you know, it's not the stores and things like that, even though he is in control of those things. But understand that, you know, we're trying to bring people into the kingdom, aren't we? We're trying to get people saved. We're, and we're, and the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ said, be reconciled to God. We have a job as ambassadors. We represent Christ. And so just like we represent a company and it's easy for us to get this attitude that, you know what? Well, I don't care about that company. I don't like my boss, so I don't care how I make the company look. We need to understand, though, that, wait a minute, we've got another boss, Jesus Christ. And we are His ambassadors here on this earth. We represent Him here on this earth. And you realize the people that you work with, wherever you're at, there are souls there that you are supposed to be representing to Jesus Christ. And you know what? It would help your testimony if you had some character. It would help if you, you know, worked hard in your job and you did and you did a good job and you had a good Christian spirit. If you had that kind of attitude, it would help make the kingdom of God look good. 
But many people today, it's like when it comes to where they're currently at, whether it be in their job or even in their church, okay? I hope you all care about the fact that if you go to this church, that you know you represent this church. Don't go out there telling people that you go to Liberty Baptist Church and then cuss them out in the next breath. You know, don't don't do anything like that. That that's just going to make us look bad. You know, we've got we've got somebody visiting here today. Somebody knocked on his door. You know, what if he came in here and he sees somebody that just cussed him out the day before, just you know, gave him a dirty hand gesture at a stoplight? I mean, you you think about that. I remember one time we were driving to a church. We were going to go visit a church. And I got behind this person. They were driving really slow. And I was getting aggravated. And I remember as we were driving, I'm just telling this person off. Of course, they couldn't hear anything I was saying. But it was making me really, really good to talk about how slow they were and everything. And I remember, and my sister was in the car with me. And I'm just like going on and on about them. But I, I didn't do anything that they could have seen or heard. All right. But while I'm in my car, I'm saying all the things that I would love to say. I wanted to say to these people. And I remember as we're following them, every time I would turn, they would turn. And I remember we kept going. All of a sudden, I realized, I think they're going to the same place we're going. And sure enough, they were. They were going to the same church that we were going to. And I remember we pulled up there. I was like, I'm really glad they didn't hear any of those things I said. You know, I'm glad I didn't. You know, and the thing is, too, you know, I know how to communicate with my car, you know, uh, you know, through flashing lights, you know, blowing a horn, you know, getting on their bumper and, you know, things like that. You know, and thankfully, I didn't do any of those things, but I thought about every one of them. And, you know, that would have looked really bad. OK, now I wasn't a member of that church. I don't know if they were a member. There was a special meeting going on. But either way. The fact that I was going to that church, if those people weren't a member, I would have helped make that church look bad as a result of that. And we need to think about that. You never know, you know, when you're going to, you know, get a chance maybe to witness to somebody, but if it's somebody you cussed out before, you had a bad testimony with, it's just not going to work. You represent Jesus Christ on this earth. You are his ambassador, and it's the same, and we need to make sure we act like that everywhere we go. Okay, God wants us making a good impression on people that He would like to join His organization. Okay, the church. Alright, the body of believers. God is wants us out there trying to reconcile people to God. And if we would, re if we would realize we're ambassadors, it's going to affect the way that we behave. It's going to affect the way we act. And we need to understand, even on our job, as one of God's children, we represent Him and we need to be good workers. And we need to be we need to be good employees, and so we we ought to go the extra mile. Jesus said in Matthew five verse forty one, and whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Okay, somebody asks you to do something for a mile, you know what? You go two miles. And according to some things I've read on that, they had a custom back then that during that time the Roman soldier, if they came along and they're carrying things, and they saw you as a, as a citizen they could basically command you to help them carry their stuff for a mile. That was kind of a law. That was what was required of them during that time. Well, Jesus says, you know what? Don't just do what's required of you. You know what? Just do extra. It's kind of like our kids sometimes. They go and we'll tell them, all right, you know, you're required to go clean your bedroom. And then what do they do? They'll go do it, but they do a sloppy job and they do it with a bad attitude. You know what Jesus is saying here when He's telling them to go the extra mile? And this is where, that's where the term go the extra mile comes from. He's telling them, hey, just show, show them your willingness to be obedient. 
Show them that you're willing to be obedient. You know, show your boss that you're, you're willing to listen. Don't just go and do the bare minimum. Go the extra mile. Why? That's a good testimony. And we, that ought to be a part of our lives. We ought to do more than what's required. There are some things we're not, maybe we're not required to do. But you know what? Let's go ahead and do them anyway. You know, let's go ahead and be nice. All right? Yeah, you're not required to give a tip at some places, but you know what? Go ahead. Give the tip. Give, give, give a decent tip, especially if you leave a church track with it. All right? You know, you know, get, you know, give it, you know, just, just go the extra mile on things. Try to be a good testimony. Say, you know, I'm going to make a little extra effort to be nice. I'm going to be make a little extra effort to go out of my way to help people. Why? Because I'm an ambassador of Christ. He's given me the ministry of reconciliation and I want to make his organization look good. And we ought to have, just like we're supposed to have that attitude as Christians, we ought to have that same attitude in the places that we work. Most people today, they, they don't. They, they, they don't care. And it's because of that lack of contentment. And so then the last thing, just real quick, if Jesus Christ was our boss, would we be whining about our coworkers all the time? All right, First Peter chapter three and verse eight. Have you ever worked with somebody and said, "Who hired this guy?" You know, I have I've said that many times. What were they thinking when they hired this individual? But First Peter three eight says, "Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous." Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. Okay? Understand that, alright, if Jesus is my boss, I'm in the place where he wants me, I'm in the position he wants me in, I'm getting taken care of like he wants me to get taken care of. And you know what? Just like Jesus Christ has placed the members in the church or the members of the body where he wanted them, he's done the same thing in my company too. So maybe that moron that I work with, the Lord's want me to be a good example to him on how not to be a moron. You know, maybe that he wants me to be the one to get him saved. You know, who knows? You know, and we do, we like to complain about our coworkers all the time and how terrible they are. Maybe run our mouth to the bosses about them. But you know, we just need to understand that maybe God has them there for a reason. And maybe instead of us just complaining all the time, why don't we just be thankful? Why don't we learn to just make the best of it? And why don't we just try to be a blessing to those people? It says right here, you know, not rendering evil for evil. We don't know what these people are doing to me. Well, wait a minute. If God has commanded us to not give back evil for evil, if God has told us to, commanded us to love our enemies, okay? God has commanded us to do those things, then wouldn't it make sense that we're going to find ourselves in positions many times or where God is going to put us in positions many times where we will have an opportunity to bless those who curse us? and to bless those who are doing evil to us. I mean, we've got to understand, Jesus didn't command this just in case by some strange circumstance that happened. He knew this was going to be something we would deal with all the time. But instead of us just being, you know, just complaining about it and whining about it, just say, you know what, Lord, this is my opportunity to obey these commandments. This is my opportunity to bless those that curse me. This is my chance to receive some rewards for you for practicing obedience in difficult situations. But instead, most people today, instead of having that attitude, all they want to do is they want to complain. But we wouldn't do that if Jesus was our boss. But we do it with our earthly bosses. 
And we've got to understand, they're not the ones in charge. Jesus Christ is the one in charge. And next time you're saying, why did they hire this person? Just think, you know, what we should ask is, all right, why does the Lord want me working with this person? I do know He's given me this ministry of reconciliation. I do know I'm supposed to be an ambassador. I do know I'm supposed to be a light to the world. So maybe I'm going to do is focus on letting my light shine before men. That they may see my good works and glorify my Father which is in heaven. You know, we see the Apostle Peter in John chapter 21 when Jesus prophesied to him that one of these days when he got old, he was going to be taken and he was going to be martyred. What did Peter do? Instead of saying, hey, Lord, help me in that. You know, Lord, you know, increase my faith in that. He looks at the Apostle John. And he's like, what's he going to do? And Jesus said, hey, if I would that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. That was Jesus' nice way of saying, mind your own business, Peter. You know, focus on what I've got for you. Focus on my will for your life. Don't worry about John. Don't worry about other people. And instead of just worrying about, you know, complaining about all our co-workers and all our surroundings, say, you know what? This is where I'm at. I am in the place that God has put me in. He is my boss. If He wants me to get transferred and moved to a new location, He'll give me that opportunity. If He wants me to receive more money, He'll give me that raise. But I, but if you're going to receive those things, you've got to start doing what God said to do in Colossians chapter 3. And you've got to start acting like Jesus is your boss and not some regular person. He is the one in charge. And you've got to learn how to start being in content whatever state you're in. You've got to learn godliness with contentment is great gain. And there are there's too many people out there today that are just sitting around in misery with the lack lack of contentment and not understanding that you know the one that they're really complaining about is God when they're running their mouth about their situation. And if if you're miserable, it's either just because you're of your lack of contentment, you've got the wrong mindset, or you are not in God's will. And you are in rebellion. Well, if that's the case, you've just got to fix that. As long as you're in rebellion, you are always going to be miserable. But most people today who are miserable, okay, they never admit it's rebellion. You, you go find a miserable person out there today and ask them why they're miserable, and they're not going to talk about themselves. They're going to talk about, they're going to talk about everyone else. Well, you know what? We need to understand that the one we're really talking about is God in that situation. And if you're miserable and it, for anything, you know, anything else, it's just because you're in rebellion. And if you're not in rebellion, then you just need to learn how to be content. God is control of what's going on in this world and in your job. If God can move the heart of a king, he can move the heart of your boss, you know, or your customers, you know, whoever your boss is. The problem many Christians have today, they quit working for God a long time ago and they started working for men. And that's why we've got to make Jesus Christ boss in our life. You say, all right, I'm done working for these people at my company. I'm working for Jesus Christ. And that will change your attitude. That will change how you behave with those people. And if you start doing that, and if, you, if these people that you work with really are as bad as you say, I think God will get rid of them for you. Maybe God will give you their job. Who knows? But you just got to start being obedient and actually living by faith in your life. And so, with that, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word and the promises You give. I pray You'll help us, Lord, to be content in whatever state we're in. I pray You'll help us to uh, just live our lives, Lord, and work on our, our jobs like You are the boss, like You're the one in charge. I pray that um, we'll learn how to be content wherever position You've given us. And Lord, I pray You'll 
I know you'll give the happiness that you promised if we'll do those things. And I pray I'll bless each one for it. In your name we pray. Amen.